Welcome. Let's talk about social inclusion. Today we explore the experiences of young North African irregular migrants in Geneva, Switzerland. My guest, Maxim Felder and I, explore how they receive support from local organizations, how they make sense of this support, and how it shapes their everyday lives. We look at the challenges, the paradoxes of providing support to irregular migrants and what this means for their inclusion in society. As always, I'm Rodrigo Silva. Let's talk about social inclusion. Maxim, welcome to our episode. Thank you for having me. Your article begins by stating that the inclusion of irregular migrants is a complex, of course, contested issue relevant to a significant number of people. I assume it's important exploring because well, there is no easy answer to this question of how to best include irregular migrants in society. No, of course. And I think like the, the case study that we have uh, at hand uh, provides a good, a good case for showing different aspects of this complexity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By reading your article, I got under the impression that there is a lack of research on how cities provide support to irregular migrants. So was this the void that you wanted to fill? Yes. In my view, social scientists should not worry too much about research gaps because it's always worth uh, revisiting things that, that we think we already know. So instead of uh, filling a gap, I would say that our research aimed at contributing to the broader debate on urban inclusion or uh, urban hospitality, depending on how we frame it. But I, I wouldn't say there is a lack of research. What I would say is that most of the research I've read at least focuses on policies and, and on, on, the different, on the tensions between different levels of governance of irregular migration. And we take a slightly different approach here by looking at the street level and by confronting like the experience of one specific, very specific category of irregular migrants and the social workers working with them in the everyday life. Mm -hmm. So let's jump into it. What are the main findings or conclusions of your article? Well, first, I could maybe mention that irregular migrants are not a social group. It's not a research population. Per se. It's a very heterogeneous category. And even like within these legal or administrative categories, there are important differences with respect to, for example, will be able in the years to come to apply for regularization and who will be part from, from it. So in our research, which focused on more broadly on different kinds of newcomers, not only regular and not only from North African countries, we met a really wide range of, of people. And there is very little in common between the young North African featured in this article and say an irregular migrant woman who arrives by plane from Bogota and uh, works here and there as a cleaner and maybe eventually will manage to, to regularize uh, her situation as a deserving worker. So irregular migrants, as you guess, have very different backgrounds. They also arrive in very different contexts where their skills, their professional skills, but also language skills will be more or less useful. They also arrive in different health conditions and the, their chances of finding a source of income, finding a place more broadly in the city depends on how their uh, social class, their gender and their race intersect and race as a social construct, of course. 
So in the case of the people we are interested in here, being a young male, being Muslim, being of North African origin and from lower class, lower social class, this puts them in a very unfavorable position among irregular migrants who are already in a quite unfavorable position. And considering maybe your the specific group that you studied and well, also considering the complexity of the groups that you mentioned, Let's look a bit. I would like you to explore potential policy impacts. Yes. So our aim was not to make recommendation, of course, but to contribute to uh, an understanding of what is going on. And we also want to fuel a discussion on what kind of hospitality or what kind of inclusion is or should be given to irregular migrants. So it is very important to talk about policies, as mm-hmm. our colleagues have, have done, and about how illegality is produced. But we think it's also important to debate what is going on the ground, what social workers are doing, what should they do when their task is receiving people in precarious situations. So one contribution of our article is to focus not on policies, but mm-hmm. about, to, to talk about social work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the topic of the, of the special issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we think it's necessary to discuss the following options. Should social work encourage irregular migrants to remain t- autonomous, to, to be mobile, even if it means kicking them out of the shelter in the morning? Or should it adopt what we call in this article a palliative approach and maybe refrain from trying to transform these people's situation and instead letting them rest. Mm-hmm. And so research-wise, I assume, looking ahead, probably what we need is more uh, studies uh, on specific groups on the street level, as you said. So what should we turn our attentions to now? Well, I think uh, ethnography provides a nice way of, of opening windows on, on, on the world, the world of, of these people. And maybe I could mention an anecdote that goes back to the the beginning of the field work. So I was in a reception center on on the shores of of Lake Geneva in Switzerland. And it is so it's a beautiful old ship where around like 200 free breakfasts are served every day to anyone who needs it. It's on weekdays only. And in those days, uh, you had to get out before half past nine. So around that time, social workers a social worker asked a man if he liked the breakfast that day. They, they had made uh, pancakes and he said yes. And then he added, but you know, like, I didn't come here to eat. So you made the pancakes and it, it's cool. Like we appreciate it, but we don't really care about pancakes. What are pancakes uh, when you don't have a job, when you have nothing to do because you don't have documents? Mm-hmm. So the first interpretation and uh, and something that is really widely documented in the literature is that this is the result of contradiction between the inclusionary approach by local and urban actors and the exclusionary approach by national and uh, supranational authorities mm-hmm. who restrict access to legal migration. Mm-hmm. And we agree with this interpretation, but by looking uh, at the ground level, we believe uh, that a paradox also exists in the ways in which assistance is organized and provided. Mm-hmm. Can you provide additional resources about the topic that was discussed today? Additional resources? I mean, we published another paper in the sister journal, I don't know if that's a word, Urban Planning, 
that uh, covers uh, other aspects of uh, of this uh, contradiction between hospitality and, and inhospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also wrote one recently uh, in, in French. Perfect. Maxime, this episode has been straight in the point. I think uh, we have a great episode at hands. But if there was anything, if you could wrap up this conversation in one or two sentences, what would it be? Okay, first, the inclusion of irregular migrants in cities is indeed limited by restrictive national migration policies and supranational policies. But I think we have to acknowledge that this is also limited by practical and symbolic aspects of how the assistance is organized. And maybe a second thing, if you allow me, unconditional access to resources and to services, including to irregular migrants, can be combined with high practical demands in terms of the ability to move from one place to another, to keep up with the schedule, what is open now, what will close when, and to maintain this space over time, over weeks, maybe over months. And I think these practical and, and temporal aspects deserve more attention in the inclusion debate. Perfect. Maxime, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. This podcast is powered by Cogitatio Press. You can listen to this episode on the Let's Talk About Social Inclusion website, on Cogitatio Press' YouTube channel, and whatever you get your podcast. <laughs>